Good afternoon, sports fans, and welcome to episode 34 of Sports Talk with Rags. And this afternoon, we are joined by the executive director of the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame, Will Driscoll. Uh, Will, thank you for your time, and thanks for joining us. How are you doing this afternoon? Doing well, Mark. I appreciate you having me on today. Uh, yeah, doing well. You know, we're, we're finally getting back to normal. I actually went to uh, two live sporting events this last week, so... Uh, Definitely looking forward to getting back into the swing of things. Right. Yes. And uh, yeah, with the with the tides uh, in their uh, first home stand, and I think they're going to open up the stadium here to a hundred percent here right before uh, Memorial Day weekend. So mm-hmm. things things here in the tidewater area are starting to open up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I, this Friday is when they open everything back up. And we were just up at Kings Mill for the LPGA yesterday. Uh, so that, that was still a limited capacity just because they didn't have enough time to, to open it up fully. But uh, but it's just nice to see these events happening again and being able to have the opportunity to get back out there. Right. So, hey, let's uh, let's start this uh, episode off with. Uh, so what brought you to uh, work? with the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame? Yeah, I'll try to answer that as uh, in, as succinctly as I can. But uh, I'm the long story short, I'm a sports junkie. And uh, yeah. and growing up in Norfolk, born and raised, gr- being a graduate of Maury High School, I've, I've always kind of followed the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame. And, um, and I realized probably about halfway through high school that I was good enough to play sports in high school, but I probably wasn't good enough to, to make a living out of it. So I started looking at, well, how can I stick around in sports college and then professional career. And so I was actually a, a broadcast journalism major at Temple University in Philadelphia. And I worked at TV stations in Fairbanks, Alaska, Johnstown, Pennsylvania, and just a little bit for uh, the city of Chesapeake's local TV station doing their Friday night football and basketball games for high school sports. Um, but, you know, over the years, I, I kind of transitioned to media, but I always had sports being a big part of my life. And and when I saw the Hall of Fame going through the transition that we went through uh, about four years ago, closing the museum but wanting to keep the brand alive, uh, I reached out. Um, I was—I'm not—I'm not a guy who's going to manage a building, but I am a—I am a marketing guy. I am an out. I like to get out and talk to people, and I like to fundraise, and uh, and that's that's kind of how I got into the role. And so I came to the Hall of Fame in 2017 as the marketing and fundraising director, and in 2019 I, I uh, took over. Uh, for Eddie Webb, who retired at the end of a 24-year run uh, as executive director and president of the Hall of Fame. So um, since 2019, I've, I've been here. Unfortunately, more than half of my time is. But uh, hopefully we're getting past that soon. Yes. Yeah, that's that's right. And I think uh, even with what we experienced here the last 15 months, I know that uh, better, better days are um, are ahead of us, but uh, you bring up uh, Maury. So I um, I grew up in uh, Chesapeake, went to Western Branch, work at Norfolk Naval Shipyard in downtown Portland. My wife um, is from Norfolk. She's a she's a Lake Taylor Lake Taylor grad and from uh, from Ocean View. But uh, but hey, Eastern so District. We, yes, that's right, Eastern District. And uh, let's see, I had um, Maury's. Uh, varsity baseball coach uh larry gordon on the on the other day and i know that uh maury maury baseball is uh certainly um off to a good start usually that school has had a uh, great basketball and great football programs 
Yeah, it's been nice, particularly the last couple of years where they've actually finally turned that success into state championships. So hopefully the baseball team can do that this year as well. Yeah, that's right. So uh, let's see. So with uh, working working at Portsmouth, I uh, definitely saw the uh, museum there of the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame. But uh, but yes, in uh, 2018, it uh, moved to the town center area. And uh, I know that I uh, went to the Funny Bone with a friend of mine and attended a community event with uh, Who's on first there with the who's being the UVA alums that are that are from here and uh, playing major league baseball with Zim, Mark Reynolds and Chris Taylor. So talk about that event and and other events that the uh, Hall of Fame had. Yeah, so when, when the decision was made to, to close the museum um, in 2017 uh, and we, we moved here to the we moved our office here to Town Center, Virginia Beach. Uh, that, that wasn't a decision that was made lightly. Um, you know, we had a lot of history in Portsmouth. Um, the museum, the, the large scale museum was open from 2005 to 2017, and that was a 30,000 square foot facility. It just wasn't feasible anymore to, to maintain that building. And, and so the board at the time said, well, we can't just let the Hall of Fame go because the Hall of Fame is more than a building. You know, we're a brand. We've been around since 1966, inducted our first class in 1972. We have over 300 inductees. We couldn't just let that go away. So we started to say, well, how can we maybe modernize the way that we engage with our supporters? And, and what do people want? They want to be in the same room as either inductees or topical figures in Virginia sports. So you know, we, we have exhibits that are out, but they are now free and open to the public in, in multiple venues. And, and we can get into where they are in a little bit. But we started creating events around the brand of the Hall of Fame. And you mentioned who's on first. That was the who's, H-O-O-S. That was Mark Reynolds, Ryan Zimmerman, Chris Taylor. We did uh, we did 60 feet, six inches with Michael Kadire and a Major League Baseball player, Al Clark, Gary Lavelle, who's a longtime coach at Greenbrier Christian. Um, we've, we've done an evening with Lefty Drizel. We did an evening with Michael Kadire and David Wright, you know, two Chesapeake guys. And, and those have kind of been here in, in Hampton Roads. Now, as we hopefully get past the pandemic and everything and start looking into, you know, how can we really serve Virginia as the official state Hall of Fame for the entire Commonwealth? We might start looking at potentially doing some of these events in other areas and highlighting the inductees that are special to those areas the same way started highlighting the ones that are special here in Hampton Roads. But we saw some great success with these events. People love them. They're very interactive. We get a good MC, somebody who can kind of keep the conversation going. And then we open up questions to the crowd. So if you had a question for Lefty Drizel, you had that opportunity. You were there at Who's On First. You had the opportunity to ask questions and engage with these people. And, uh, and we've, we've seen some great success with that. And, and now we've kind of done what you're doing now. About two years ago, we started our own digital content platform through a podcast video interview series called Hall Call. And that focuses on our inductees. But we also look into some of the issues in sports in Virginia, such as sports gambling, um, Title IX, you know, how that's been affected over the last 50 years. So there's all sorts of news, news going on in Virginia that we couldn't just be limited to four walls uh, like we were in the building. We're trying to really turn this into something that you can always engage with 365, 24-7. A lot of work still to do. Um, you know, we're, we're still kind of, I don't want to say we're in the rebranding anymore, but we're still growing and we're still kind of figuring out this new platform and really where we want to take it and how we want to manifest it in the future. Right. And then and then also uh, another community event was uh, right before 
college basketball starting and uh, had uh, Jeff Jones from Old mm -hmm. Dominion, Robert Jones from Norfolk State, and even a couple of uh, local um, local news newspaper uh, sports writers, you know, and um, you know that was at one of the theaters there at uh, there at Town Center. Uh, certainly uh, another community event there for college basketball fans besides the Lefty Drizel night. Yeah, and, and th those writers you mentioned, they were actually three of our inductees. So we had uh, David Teal, we had uh, Doug Dowdy, and Ed Miller. But so David Teal and, and Doug Dowdy are, are both are two of our inductees. So it was great to get their knowledge on covering you know, hoops as, as long as they have. And then Ed Miller cover, covering OU as, as much as he has. And then you have Jeff Jones and Robert Jones in the same room. So it was a great kickoff to college basketball. And we're just always trying to find how can we tap into the emotional connection sports calendar. There's always something going on in the sports calendar. And how can we kind of tap into that connection between the fans and the people that they follow, that they, as fans, the teams they follow, or the people that they read uh, in the media. And so that, that was another successful event that we had. Right. Yes. And uh, I guess I'm pretty biased with uh, living here in the South side and um, having events around the town center area but like you said with it being the virginia sports hall of fame i know when things open back up you know you definitely want to um reach out to the whole whole state of uh of virginia since this you know even though it's been in portsmouth and virginia beach it's it's the um you know showing off the uh state uh athletes there with being the virginia sports hall of fame yeah, and you know, and we and we want to make sure that we're that we're inducting people that represent the entire state. You know, obviously there's a big population center here in Hampton Roads and up through Richmond, but when you start looking at some of the names that have come from, you know, the coal fields out in Southwest Virginia, like Thomas Jones and Heath Miller, and you head out to the Valley. I mean, Ralph Sampson's from Harrisonburg, so you know, we 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 have we have people and inductee uh, coaches, athletes, administrators, people involved in sports all across. That have done such great things, and we want to make sure that that they know about the Hall of Fame, and right. that people know how to get involved and nominate these people because that that's a very big part of of what we do. Is once we receive the nominations, they then go into the screening committee, the honors court, and all of that process. And we want to make sure that we're not missing anybody. Yes, and the first time I got involved with uh, Virginia Sports Hall of Fame with uh, how you guys reach out to the high school student athletes is. In 2018, one of our uh, friends' son, uh, Connor Butler, out of uh, Western Branch and currently a Roanoke College uh, playing baseball, he was he was a finalist there for the um, scholarship uh, that you that you guys give out to uh, student athletes, and uh, I, didn't, I didn't realize that you guys that the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame reaches out to high school juniors, high school seniors, student athletes and talk about the state of Virginia. I mean there were some there were some people that uh, brought their kids uh, you know past Richmond you know to uh, come on down because they were a finalist and the speaker that night was Bryant Stith. 
Yeah, it's it's funny. I think that I think that year we actually had uh, one of the finalists was from Bristol, Virginia. So about as far away in Virginia as you can get from Hampton Roads, and they still made it made it here. Uh, that that's actually one of my favorite initiatives. I mean, we, we obviously our mission is to celebrate athletic excellence, and and everybody understands that. But we also love to be involved in the community, and we want to also that we're saying in our lane, we're a sports organization, so we need to honor and recognize the student athletes. So what our student athlete achievement awards do are they, we focus on kids who excel academically, athletically, and, and in their communities. And uh, it's, a, it's an initiative we've been doing for about 15 years now. Um, but the last three years we've been offering scholar, we've been offering scholarship awards to the four winners. And, and so it's, it's great because it allows us to, again, uh, this isn't just uh, here in Hampton Roads. We reach out to every single high school, public and private, and we're looking for top juniors and seniors that hit all of those buttons. And and we're, we're not necessarily looking for, you know, the the all-state performers in sports. We're looking for the most well-rounded individuals. So the only, the only sports uh, requirement is that you have to have lettered in one either VHSL or double uh, action event, uh, sanctioned sport. That's it. You don't have to have any there may be some kids that are, that are you know the all-state performer you have other kids who are you know the the next president of the united states or a next senator or things like that so we're really trying to find the kids who are making a difference at such a young age and and when i grew all of the nominations with our with our student athlete uh, selection committee it's amazing you know I, I know that people can find anything to complain about at any time of any day but when you see the kids that we have in this state that are next generation, uh, I think we're in pretty good hands. And, and it's an event that we'll, we'll actually be sending out our save the dates to all the schools here in the next month. So they know that when the nomination period opens in August, they have from August through the end of October to get their nominations in. 115 nominations across the state, 67 counties were represented in those nominations. And so that's a lot, but I still, I would love to see a nomination from every county. And so, and that's one of the word out instead, but we've gone from eight to five to 150 to the word. Yeah, yes. And uh, so let's see, uh, you also have a community event on June 6th there with uh chkd and a and a panel panel where you want to tell the listeners about that event yeah so we we um when i took over in 2019 we had our awards placed already as a community initiative and, and that and again it's been a very good uh way for us to to give back because we are a 501c3 nonprofit, so we need to make an impact in the community but i want i also started to look at where is there a need you know, in the sports world for either education, information, or, or stuff. And so I started doing research on sports and mental health. And at around that time, I had started reading, you know, uh, not biographies, but uh, testimonials from Michael Phelps and King Love and big name athletes who, who started talking about their struggles with anxiety and depression, just the pressures that come with being a top level athlete. And at that time, you realize that there wasn't a whole lot of resource being put into it at the professional and college levels. And so you know that if they're not putting the resource uh, towards it at that time, then what's going on at the high school level? What's going on in sports? So that's exactly what we did. We, we held a, our first event in, in May of 2019 called Changing the Game. And it was an event 
to this idea. And we had 150 people show up to talk about sports and mental health. And at that point, well, I'm not the expert in this, so I'm somebody who is. So we partnered with CHKD, and since March of last year, we've held four events, four discussion forums around different topics in mental health. The first one was in person. Everyone since has been virtual, including the upcoming one in June, which will be virtual just because of when we start planning. But really what we're trying to do now is we're in kind of the education and informing stage where we're putting all these topics out there and we're just trying to get people to listen and to learn about how you can recognize when 12, 13, 14, 15, you know, all the way up through 18 year old might be having, you know, a rough day. It's there, there could be a lot of things that go into it. It's tough being a kid. And then you add on trying to perform on the field or the court at the same time while they're trying to you know, a five plus GPA in school, you know, there's a lot of external factors that can go into just your overall mental well-being. And we want to make sure that coaches, teammates um, are all making sure that we're all working together to foster a healthy mental uh, platform for all of our student athletes. And so these these forums have been wonderful and uh, an, an inductee of our Great Bridge grad. Uh, he's been very helpful in, in being on the steering committee and helping us develop these programs. And uh, he actually participated in one of our first events. And, and he's very open about some of the struggles that he faced when he was playing, trying to be the best teammate he could. But that was actually hurting him as an individual. He wanted to be the best player he could. But it wasn't until he realized that, no, he be a better teammate and a better player as, as a result of taking care of his own mental fitness. Right. Yes. And uh, so let's see. So with the pandemic, I mean, I know that there was a class identified for 2020, but I know with those inductees, you want to try to have a in-person banquet and a recognition. So will there be no 2021 class so you guys can have a banquet to recognize the 2020 class or are you guys going to try to do two classes and and one banquet when everything opens up it's a great question you know we were last year we were six weeks away from inducting the class of 2020 um and it, it was a great class it is a great class still a great class even though it's been inducted formally it's it's a wonderful class uh, it includes david wright lawrence johnson al tune Bruce Rader, uh, Dennis Carter from, you know, who basically is Bruce Rader, but out there. Um, it, it's just a, a great, great class. But so we made the initial decision to postpone. And with all the restrictions that were in place, we wanted to do it again. But the we couldn't do anything because at that point, even April, I think we were still 50. So I met the borders and I, we had to determine the next step forward. And we looked at the fall of this year, uh, to if we, but then we would have to turn around and six months later do it again. And there's a lot of things that go into these events and there's a lot of moving parts. And we want to make sure that this event, more so than any event we do at the Hall of Fame, we have to do it right. And we don't want to get into a, we don't want to get into a scenario where we're throwing things together at the last minute or in a short time frame. We want to make sure that the inductees, their families, their friends, their supporters, anybody who wants to be there can be there. 
So we did make the decision to postpone the class of 2020 induction to April of 2022. Now, that being said, there's still some conversations going on as to what we do with the current people on the ballot. Now, their time served on the ballot has not, nothing has affected it because of the pandemic. So this year is based it, you don't lose any time on the ballot. But there's also a camp that we don't quite know if we want to go a full another year without at least some vote, whether it's a modified vote, whether it's a whole another class, uh, a double class or something. We, we definitely want to see you know, what possibilities are there to either add a few people in or a full class. But we still have those conversations going. But April 9th, April 9th of 2022 is when the class of 2020 will formally be recognized. And, and I hope everybody out there, you know, try to come out and celebrate. We're going to have two great events that day, uh, you know, one for the family and one at one in the evening. Uh, a lot more details. Yeah, we this is the this is the longest we've ever had to be able to market and promote a class going in. So in a, in a way, that's good. <laughs> right. Yes, and I know uh, while I was down here in downtown Portsmouth, I know that Billy Wagner, you know, he came down, signed autographs, and I know when Dre Bly went in in 2017. I mean, growing up with him, but I know that the class, you know, has an event of signing autographs for people that can come to that, you know, instead of, instead of the banquet. So it's definitely been a great outreach to the, to the community uh, that whole weekend. Yeah. And, you know, we, we actually call that event now that's called our breakfast with champions. We turn that into a breakfast event. And, and the reason for that is we, we recognize that the, the ceremony itself and the event, however that is laid out, isn't for everybody. And you probably don't want to bring your six, seven-year-old kid to sit through speeches. So we wanted to make sure that we gave them an event that they could, that they could focus on in a family-friendly manner. And so we do this breakfast buffet at the Westin, the morning of the induction ceremony. And then after that, there is a, there's an autograph session. And the, the cool thing about the breakfast the last few years is turn this also into a Q&A session between the audience and just the class, the incoming class. And we've learned a lot of things. And it's turned into kind of a, almost a, a comedy routine where first year we did Frank Beamer is sitting right next to Thomas Jones. And Frank, Coach Beamer recruited Thomas. He really wanted Thomas to go to Virginia Tech. Who wouldn't, right? And right. But Thomas, being from Big Stone Gap, drove through 81, past Blacksburg, all the way to all that time. And, and Coach Beamer asked him, I, I told him, I can't believe you did that. And then the following year, we had Reuben Brown go in. And one of the questions, uh, Reuben Brown is from Lynchburg, went to EC last time, uh, longtime offensive lineman in the NFL. And one of the questions from the audience was, you know, what has life been like sharing your name with the best sandwich on the planet, a Reuben? And Reuben yeah. Brown's response was, I hate that sandwich. So right. the Breakfast with Champions is a way you can really start seeing some personality because the induction ceremony, it's a wonderful event, but there's a lot of thank yous and there's a lot of celebrating their achievements on the field. The breakfast is really where you get to see them as, you know, the human side of them. And so I, I recommend both events, but you can, if you want to come to one that's a little bit more family-friendly, breakfast. Right. And, uh, Will, thanks again for, for your time. And as we, uh, as we wrap up, uh, other, other ways that uh, the listeners can connect with the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame and also mm -hmm. uh, the areas around town center of where the where the exhibits are. 
Yeah, uh, I'll say that the easiest way to connect with us is either through our website, vasportshof.com, or you can check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All handles are at vasportshof. Um, as I mentioned, as Mark just mentioned, here in Town Center, we have our The Hall Tour, which are six free exhibits in the main business lobbies of, uh, of Town Center. So the Clark Nexon building, Moffler, the Weston uh, buildings like that. There's a map and interactive check out there. As the beach center begins to open up patrons, we have there. We also have a golf exhibit up at Kingsmill uh, Resort in Williamsburg. So kind of starting to do that branch out that I was talking about. And again, I'll, I'll mention it one last time. Our profit, we do have a, what we call an insider membership. If you go to our website, vasportshof.com, you can check out, see what all the benefits are there. They started just there's a year and that the main perks are allowing you to nominate and eventually vote on the next incoming class. So I think that it's a, it's a way for us to, you know, kind of give back and show our appreciation for the support that we receive. Right. So now they're All called right. insiders, not members anymore, insiders. Right, yes, yeah. And uh, all right, everybody. Well, hey, that was uh, some time with the executive director of the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame, Will, Will Driscoll. And if, the, if there's anyone out there listening, that their son or daughter will be a junior or a senior starting next year. Uh, you know, see your uh, school school office or guidance counselor and have that uh, son or daughter enter in the uh, student athlete uh, scholarship there for the uh, Virginia Sports Hall of Fame. And then also April of 2022, there will be the Hall of Fame class from 2020 officially uh, recognized there with um, everything getting to be back open. So, uh, Will, thanks again for your time. And, uh, well, uh, my wife and I, we certainly certainly enjoyed coming to one of those uh, student-athlete scholarship uh, evenings there in 2018 and uh, certainly enjoyed being uh, following the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame. Thank you for the support, Mark. Appreciate the time tonight. Sure thing. And uh, all right, everyone. So that's uh, some time there with uh, Will Driscoll. And uh, have a good evening. Good afternoon, sports fans, and welcome to episode 34 of Sports Talk with Rags. And this afternoon, we are joined by the executive director of the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame, Will Driscoll. Uh, Will, thank you for your time, and thanks for joining us. How are you doing this afternoon? Doing well, Mark. I appreciate you having me on today. Uh, yeah, doing well. You know, we're, we're finally getting back to normal. I actually went to uh, two live sporting events this last week, so... Uh, Definitely looking forward to getting back into the swing of things. Right. Yes. And uh, yeah, with the with the tides uh, in their uh, first home stand, and I think they're going to open up the stadium here to a hundred percent here right before uh, Memorial Day weekend. So mm -hmm. things things here in the tidewater area are starting to open up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I, this Friday is when they open everything back up. And we were just up at Kings Mill for the LPGA yesterday. Uh, so that, that was still a limited capacity just because they didn't have enough time to, to open it up fully. But uh, but it's just nice to see these events happening again and being able to have the opportunity to get back out there. Right. So, hey, let's uh, let's start this uh, episode 
off with. Uh, so what brought you to uh, work with the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame? Yeah, I'll try to answer that as uh, in, as succinctly as I can. But uh, I'm the long story short, I'm a sports junkie. And uh, yeah. and growing up in Norfolk, born and raised, gr- being a graduate of Maury High School, I've, I've always kind of followed the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame. And, um, and I realized probably about halfway through high school that I was good enough to play sports in high school, but I probably wasn't good enough to, to make a living out of it. So I started looking at, well, how can I stick around in sports, college, and then professional career? And so I was actually a, a broadcast journalism major at Temple University in Philadelphia, and I worked at TV stations in Fairbanks, Alaska, Johnstown, Pennsylvania, and just a little bit for uh, the city of Chesapeake's local TV station doing their Friday night football and basketball games for high school sports. Um, but, you know, over the years, I, I kind of transitioned media, but I always had sports being a big part of my life. And and when I saw the Hall of Fame going through the transition that we went through uh, about four years ago, closing the museum, but wanting to keep the brand alive, uh, I reached out. Um, I was, I'm not, I'm not a guy who's going to manage a building, but I am a, I am a marketing guy. I am an out, I like to get out and talk to people and I like to fundraise. And, uh, and that's, that's kind of how I got into the role. And so I came to the hall of fame in 2017 as the marketing and fundraising director. And in 2019, I, I uh, took over, uh, for Eddie Webb, who retired at the end of a 24 year run, uh, as executive director and president of the hall of fame. So, um, since 2019, I've, I've been here, unfortunately, more than half of my time is but uh, hopefully we're getting past that soon. Yes. Yeah, that's that's right. And I think uh, even with what we experienced here the last 15 months, I know that uh, better better days are um, are ahead of us. But uh, you bring up uh, Maury. So I um, I grew up in uh, Chesapeake, went to Western Branch, work at Norfolk Naval Shipyard in downtown Portland. My wife um, is from Norfolk. She's a She's a Lake Taylor, Lake Taylor grad, and from uh, from Ocean View. But uh, but hey, Eastern so, District. Yes, that's right, Eastern District. And uh, let's see, I had um, Maury's uh, varsity baseball coach, uh, Larry Gordon, on the on the other day, and I know that uh, Maury Maury baseball is uh, certainly um, off to a good start. Usually, that school has had uh, great basketball and great football programs. Yeah, it's been nice, particularly the last couple of years where they've actually finally turned that success into state championships. So hopefully the baseball team can do that this year as well. Yeah, that's right. So uh, let's see. So with uh, working working at Portsmouth, I uh, definitely saw the uh, museum there of the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame. But uh, but yes, in uh, 2018, it uh, moved to the town center area and uh i know that i uh went to the funny bone with a friend of mine and attended a community event with uh who's on first there with the who's being the uva alums that are that are from here and uh playing major league baseball with zim mark reynolds and chris taylor so talk about that event and and other events that the uh hall of fame had yeah, so when, when the decision was made to, to close the museum um, in 2017, uh, and we, we moved here to the, we moved our office here to Town Center, Virginia Beach, uh, that, that wasn't a decision that was made lightly. Um, you know, we had a lot of history in Portsmouth. 
Um, the museum, the, the large scale museum was open from 2005 to 2017, and that was a 30,000 square foot facility. It just wasn't feasible anymore to, to maintain that building. And, and so the board at the time said, well, we can't just let the Hall of Fame go because the Hall of Fame is more than a building. You know, we're a brand. We've been around since 1966, inducted our first class in 1972. We have over 300 inductees. We couldn't just let that go away. So we started to say, well, how can we maybe modernize the way that we engage with our supporters? And, and what do people want? They want to be in the same room as either inductees or topical figures in Virginia sports. So, you know, we, we have exhibits that are out, but they are now free and open to the public in, in multiple venues. And, and we can get into where they are in a little bit. But we started creating events around the brand of the game. And you mentioned who's on first. That was the who's H-O-O-S. That was Mark Reynolds, Ryan Zimmerman, Chris Taylor. We did, uh, we did 60 feet, six inches with Michael Kadire and a Major League Baseball player, Al Clark, Gary Lavelle, who's a longtime coach at Greenbrier Christian. Um, we've, we've done an evening with Lefty Drizel. We did an evening with Michael Kadire and David Wright, you know, two Chesapeake guys. And, and those have kind of been here in, in Hampton Roads. Now, as we hopefully get past the pandemic and everything and start looking into, you know, how can we really serve Virginia as the official state Hall of Fame for the entire Commonwealth? We might start looking at potentially doing some of these events in other areas and highlighting the inductees that are special to those areas the same way we started highlighting the ones that are special here in Hampton Roads. But we saw some great success with these events. People love them. They're very interactive. We get a good MC, somebody who can kind of keep the conversation going. And then we open up questions to the crowd. So if you had a question for Lefty Drizel, you had that opportunity. You were there at Who's On First. You had the opportunity to ask questions and engage with these people. And, uh, and we've, we've seen some great success with that. And, and now we've kind of done what you're doing now. About two years ago, we started our own digital content platform through a podcast video interview series called Hall Call. And that focuses on our inductees. But we also look into some of the issues in sports in Virginia, such as sports gambling, um, Title IX, you know, how that's been affected over the last 50 years. So there's all sorts of news, news going on in Virginia that we couldn't just be limited to four walls uh, like we were in the building. We're trying to really turn this into something that you can always engage with 365, 24-7. A lot of work still to do. Um, you know, we're, we're still kind of, I don't want to say we're in the rebranding anymore, but we're still growing and we're still kind of figuring out this new platform and really where we want to take it and how we want to manifest it in the future. Right, and then and then also uh, another community event was uh, right before college basketball started. It, uh, had uh, Jeff Jones from Old mm -hmm. Dominion, Robert Jones from Norfolk State, and even a couple of uh, local um, local news newspaper uh, sports writers. You know, and um, you know that was at one of the theaters. They're at uh, they're at Town Center. Uh, certainly, uh, another community event there for college basketball fans. Besides the Lefty Drizel night, yeah, and, and th those writers you mentioned, they were actually three of our inductees. So we had uh, David Teal, we had uh, Doug Dowdy, and Ed Miller. But so David Teal and, and Doug Dowdy are, are both are two of our inductees. So it was great to get their knowledge on covering you know, hoops. As, as long as they have. And then Ed Miller cover, covering OU as, as much as he has. And then you have Jeff Jones and Robert Jones in the same room. So there was a great kickoff to college basketball. And we're just always trying to find how can we tap into the emotional connection sports calendar. There's always something going on in the sports calendar. And how can we kind of tap into that connection between the fans and the people that they follow, that they 
as fans, the teams they follow, or the people that they read uh, in the media. And so that that was another successful event that we had. Right. Yes. And uh, I guess I'm pretty biased with uh, living here in the South Side and um, having events around the town center area. But like you said, with it being the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame, I know when things open back up, you know, you definitely want to um, reach out to the whole whole state of uh, of Virginia since this, you know, even though it's been in Portsmouth and Virginia Beach, it's, it's the, um, you know, showing off the uh, state uh, athletes there with being the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame. Yeah, and you know, and we and we want to make sure that we're indu- that we're inducting people that represent the entire state. You know, obviously there's a big population center here in Hampton Roads and up through Richmond, but when you start looking at some of the names that have come from, you know, the coal fields out in southwest Virginia like Thomas Jones and Heath Miller and you head out to the valley, I mean Ralph Sampson's from Harrisonburg. So, you know, we 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 have we have people and inductee uh, coaches, athletes, administrators, people involved in sports all across that have done such great things and we want to make sure that that they know about the hall of fame and right. that people know how to get involved and nominate these people because that that's a very big part of of what we do is once we receive the nominations they then go into the screening committee the honors court and all of that process and we want to make sure that we're not missing anybody yes and the first time i got involved with uh, virginia sports hall of fame with uh how you guys reach out to the high school student athletes is in 2018, one of our uh, friends, son, uh, Connor Butler out of uh, Western Branch and currently a Roanoke College uh, playing baseball. He was he was a finalist there for the um, scholarship uh, that you that you guys give out to uh, student athletes. And uh, I didn't realize that you guys, that the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame reaches out to high school juniors, high school seniors, student athletes, and talk about the state of Virginia. I mean, there were some, there were some people that uh, brought their kids, uh, you know, past Richmond, you know, to uh, come on down because they were a finalist, and the speaker that night was Bryant Stith. Yeah, it's it's funny. I think that I think that year we actually had uh, one of the finalists was from Bristol, Virginia. So about as far away in Virginia as you can get from Hampton Roads, and they still made it made it here. Uh, that that's actually one of my favorite initiatives. I mean, we we obviously our mission is to celebrate athletic excellence, and and everybody understands that. But we also love to be involved in the community, and we want to also that we're saying in our lane, we're a sports organization, so we need to honor and recognize the student athletes. So what our student athlete achievement awards do are they, we focus on kids who excel academically, athletically, and, and in their communities. And uh, it's, a, it's an initiative we've been doing for about 15 years now. Um, but the last three years we've been offering scholar, we've been offering scholarship awards to the four winners. And, and so it's, it's great because it allows us to, again, uh, this isn't just uh, here in Hampton Roads. We reach out to every single high school, public and private, and we're looking for top juniors and seniors that hit all of those buttons. And and we're, we're not necessarily looking for, you know, the the all-state performers in sports. We're looking for the most well-rounded individuals. So the only, the only sports uh, requirement is that you have to have lettered in one either VHSL or uh, double-action event, uh, sanctioned sport. That's it. 
don't have to have any. There may be some kids that are, that are you know the all-state performer. You have other kids who are you know the the next president of the United States or a next senator or things like that. So we're really trying to find the kids who are making a difference at such a young age. And and when I grew all of the nomination with our with our student athlete uh, selection committee, it's amazing. You know I, I know that uh, people can find anything to complain about at any time of any day. But when you see the kids that we have in this state that are next generation, uh, I think we're in pretty good hands. And, and it's an event that we'll, we'll actually be sending out our save the dates to all the schools here in the next month. So they know that when the nomination period opens in August, they have from August through the end of October to get their nominations in. 115 nominations across the state, 67 counties were represented in those nominations. And so that's a lot, but I still, I would love to see a nomination from every county. And so, and that's one to get the word out instead, but we've gone from eight to five to 150 to the word. Yeah, yes. And uh, so let's see, uh, you also have a community event on June 6th there with uh chkd and a and a panel panel where you want to tell the listeners about that event yeah so we we um when i took over in 2019 we had our awards placed already as a community initiative and, and that and again it's been a very good uh way for us to to give back because we are a 501c3 nonprofit, so we need to make an impact in the community but i want i also started to look at where is there a need you know, in the sports world for either education, information, or, or stuff. And so I started doing research on sports and mental health. And at around that time, I had started reading, you know, uh, not biographies, but uh, testimonials from Michael Phelps and Love and big name athletes who, who started talking about their struggles with anxiety and depression, just the pressures that come with being a top level athlete. And at that time, you realize that there wasn't a whole lot of resource into it at the professional and college levels. And so you know that if they're not putting the resource uh, towards it at that time, then what's going on at the high school level? What's going on in sports? So that's exactly what we did. We, we held a, our first event in, in May of 2019 called Changing the Game. And it was in the event to this idea. And we had 150 people show up to talk about sports and mental health. And at that point, well, I'm not the expert in this, so I'm somebody who is. So we partnered with CHKD, and since March of last year, we've held four events, four discussion forums around different topics in mental health. The first one was in person. Everyone since has been virtual, including the upcoming one in June, which will be virtual just because of when we start planning. But really what we're trying to do now is we're in kind of the education and informing stage where we're putting all these topics out there and we're just trying to get people to listen and to learn about how you can recognize when 12, 13, 14, 15, you know, all the way up through 18 year old might be having, you know, a rough day. It's there, there could be a lot of things that go into it. It's tough being a kid. And then you add on trying to perform on the field or the court at the same time while they're trying to you know, plus GPA in school, you know, there's a lot of external factors that can go into just your overall mental well-being. And we want to make sure that coaches, teammates um, are all making sure that we're all working together to foster a healthy mental 
uh, platform for all of our student athletes. And so these these forums have been wonderful and uh, an, an inductee of ours, great bridge grad. Uh, he's been very helpful in, in being on the steering committee and helping us develop these programs. And uh, he actually participated in one of our first events. And, and he's very open about some of the struggles that he faced when he was playing, trying to be the best teammate he could. But that was actually hurting him as an individual. He wanted to be the best player he could. But it wasn't until he realized that, no, he'd be a better teammate and a better player as, as a result of taking care of his own mental fitness. Right. Yes. And uh, so let's see. So with the pandemic, I mean, I know that there was a class identified for 2020, but I know with those inductees, you want to try to have a in-person banquet and a recognition. So will there be no 2021 class so you guys can have a banquet to recognize the 2020 class or are you guys going to try to do two classes and and one banquet when everything opens up it's a great question you know we were last year we were six weeks away from inducting the class of 2020 um and it, it was a great class it is a great class still a great class even though it's been inducted formally it's it's a wonderful class uh, it includes david wright lawrence johnson al tune Bruce Rader, uh, Dennis Carter from, you know, who basically is Bruce Rader, but out there. Um, it, it's just a, a great, great class. But so we made the initial decision to postpone. And with all the restrictions that were in place, we wanted to do it again. But the we couldn't do anything because at that point, even April, I think we were still 50. So I met the borders and I, we had to determine the next step forward. And we looked at the fall of this year, uh, to if we, but then we would have to turn around and six months later do it again. And there's a lot of things that go into these events and there's a lot of moving parts. And we want to make sure that this event, more so than any event we do at the Hall of Fame, we have to do it right. And we don't want to get into a, we don't want to get into a scenario where we're throwing things together at the last minute or in a short time frame. We want to make sure that the inductees, their families, their friends, their supporters, anybody who wants to be there can be there. So we did make the decision to postpone the class of 2020 induction to April of 2022. Now, that being said, there's still some conversations going on as to what we do with the current people on the ballot. Now, their time served on the ballot has not nothing has affected it because of the pandemic. So this year is based it, you don't lose any time on the ballot. But there's also a camp that we don't quite know if we want to go a full another year without at least some vote, whether it's a modified vote, whether it's a whole another class, uh, a double class or something. We, we definitely want to see, you know, what possibilities are there to either add a few people in or a full class. But we still have those conversations going. But April 9th, April 9th of 2022, is when the class of 2020 will formally be recognized. And, and I hope everybody out there, if it, you know, try to come out and celebrate. We're going to have two great events that day, uh, you know, one for the family and one at one in the evening. Uh, a lot more detail. Yeah, we, this, is the, this is the longest we've ever had to be able to market and promote a class going in. So in a, in a way, that's good. <laughs> right. Yes. And I know... Uh... While I was down here in downtown Portsmouth, I know that Billy Wagner, you know, he came down, signed autographs and 
I know when Dre Bly went in in 2017, I mean, growing up with him, but I know that the class, you know, has an event of signing autographs for people that can come to that, you know, instead of instead of the banquet. So it's definitely been a great outreach to the to the community uh, that whole weekend. Yeah, and, you know, we, we actually call that event now. That's called our Breakfast with Champions. We turn that into a breakfast event. And and the reason for that is we, we recognize that the the ceremony itself and the event, however that is laid out, isn't for everybody. And you probably don't want to bring your six, seven-year-old kid to sit through speeches. So we wanted to make sure that we gave them an event that they could, that they could focus on in a family-friendly manner. And so we do this breakfast buffet at the Westin, the morning of the induction ceremony. And then after that, there is a, there's an autograph session. And the, the cool thing about the breakfast the last few years is turn this also into a Q&A session between the audience and just the class, the incoming class. And we've learned a lot of things. And it's turned into kind of a, almost a, a comedy routine where first year we did Frank Beamer is sitting right next to Thomas Jones. And Frank Coach Beamer recruited Thomas. He really wanted Thomas to go to Virginia Tech. Who wouldn't, right? And right. But Thomas, being from Big Stone Gap, drove through 81, past Blacksburg, all the way to all that time. And, and Coach Beamer asked him, I, I told him, I can't believe you did that. And then the following year, we had Reuben Brown go in. And one of the questions, uh, Reuben Brown is from Lynchburg, went to EC class, uh, longtime offensive lineman in the NFL. And one of the questions from the audience was, you know, what has life been like sharing your name with the best sandwich on the planet, a room? And Reuben yeah. Brown's response was, I hate that sandwich. So <laughs> the Breakfast with Champions is a way you can really start seeing some personality because the induction ceremony, it's a wonderful event, but there's a lot of thank yous and there's a lot of celebrating their achievements on the field. The breakfast is really where you get to see them as, you know, the human side of them. And so I, I recommend both events, but you can, if you want to come to one that's a little bit more family friendly, breakfast. Right. And, uh, Will, thanks again for, for your time. And as we, uh, as we wrap up, uh, other, other ways that, uh, the listeners can connect with the Virginia sports hall of fame and also, mm -hmm. uh, the areas around town center of where the, where the exhibits are. Yeah. I'll say that the easiest way to connect with us is either through our website, vasportshof.com or you can check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All handles are at VA Sports HOF. Um, as I mentioned, as Mark just mentioned, here in Town Center, we have our the Hall Tour, which are six free exhibits in the main business lobbies of, uh, of Town Center. So the Clark Nexon building, my office, the Westin uh, buildings like that, there's a map and interact and check out there. As the Beach Center begins to open up patrons, we have there. We also have a golf exhibit up at Kingsmill uh, Resort in Williamsburg. So kind of starting to do that branch out that I was talking about. And again, I'll, I'll mention it one last time. Our profit, we do have a, what we call an insider membership. If you go to our website, vasportshof.com, you can check out, see what all the benefits are there. They started just there's a year and that the main perks are allowing you to nominate and eventually vote on the next incoming class. So I think that it's a, it's a way for us to, you know, kind of give back and show our appreciation for the support that we receive. Right. So now they're All called right. insiders, not members anymore, insiders. <laughs> right, yes, yeah. And uh, all right, everybody. Well, hey, that was uh, 
some time with the executive director of the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame, Will Will Driscoll. And if the if there's anyone out there listening that their son or daughter will be a junior or a senior starting next year, uh, you know, see your uh, school school office or guidance counselor and have that uh, son or daughter enter in the uh, student athlete uh, scholarship there for the uh, Virginia Sports Hall of Fame. And then also April of 2022, there will be the Hall of Fame class from 2020 officially uh, recognized there with um, everything getting to be back open. So, uh, Will, thanks again for your time. And, uh, well, uh, my wife and I, we certainly certainly enjoyed coming to one of those uh, student-athlete scholarship uh, evenings there in 2018 and uh, certainly enjoyed being uh, following the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame. Thank you for the support, Mark. Appreciate the time tonight. Sure thing. And uh, all right, everyone. So that's uh, some time there with uh, Will Driscoll. And uh, have a good evening. Good afternoon, sports fans, and welcome to episode 34 of Sports Talk with Rags. And this afternoon, we are joined by the executive director of the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame, Will Driscoll. Uh, Will, thank you for your time, and thanks for joining us. How are you doing this afternoon? Doing well, Mark. I appreciate you having me on today. Uh, yeah, doing well. You know, we're, we're finally getting back to normal. I actually went to uh, two live sporting events this last week, so... Uh, Definitely looking forward to getting back into the swing of things. Right. Yes. And uh, yeah, with the with the tides uh, in their uh, first home stand, and I think they're going to open up the stadium here to a hundred percent here right before uh, Memorial Day weekend. So mm-hmm. things things here in the tidewater area are starting to open up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I, this Friday is when they open everything back up. And we were just up at Kings Mill for the LPGA yesterday. Uh, so that, that was still a limited capacity just because they didn't have enough time to, to open it up fully. But uh, but it's just nice to see this happening again and being able to have the opportunity to get back out there. Right. So, hey, let's uh, let's start this uh, episode off with. Uh, so what brought you to uh, work? with the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame? Yeah, I'll try to answer that as uh, in, as succinctly as I can, but uh, I'm the long story short, I'm a sports junkie. And uh, yeah. and growing up in Norfolk, born and raised, gr- being a graduate of Maury High School, I've, I've always kind of followed the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame. And, um, and I realized probably about halfway through high school that I was good enough to play sports in high school, but I probably wasn't good enough to, to make a living out of it. So I started looking at, well, how can I stick around in sports college and then career. And so I was actually a, a broadcast journalism major at Temple University in Philadelphia. And I worked at TV stations in Fairbanks, Alaska, Johnstown, Pennsylvania, and just a little bit for uh, the city of Chesapeake's local TV station doing their Friday night football and basketball games for high school sports. Um, but, you know, over the years, I, I kind of transitioned media, but I always had sports being a big part of my life. And and when I saw the Hall of Fame going through the transition that we went through uh, about four years ago, closing the museum but wanting to keep the brand alive, uh, I reached out. Um, I was I'm not I'm not a guy who's going to manage a building, 
but I am a, I am a marketing guy. I am an out. I like to get out and talk to people and I like to fundraise. And, uh, and that's, that's kind of how I got into the role. And so I came to the hall of fame in 2017 as the marketing and fundraising director. And in 2019, I, I uh, took over, uh, for Eddie Webb, who retired at the end of a 24 year run, uh, as executive director and president of the hall of fame. So, um, since 2019, I've, I've been here, unfortunately, more than half of my time is but uh, hopefully we're getting past that soon. Yes. Yeah, that's that's right. And I think uh, even with what we experienced here the last 15 months, I know that uh, better better days are um, are ahead of us. But uh, you bring up uh, Maury. So I um, I grew up in uh, Chesapeake, went to Western Branch, work at Norfolk Naval Shipyard in downtown Portland. My wife um, is from Norfolk. She's a She's a Lake Taylor, Lake Taylor grad, and from uh, from Ocean View. But uh, but hey, Eastern so District. Yes, that's right, Eastern District. And uh, let's see, I had um, Maury's uh, varsity baseball coach, uh, Larry Gordon, on the on the other day, and I know that uh, Maury Maury baseball is uh, certainly um, off to a good start. Usually, that school has had uh, great basketball and great football programs. Yeah, it's been nice, particularly the last couple of years where they've actually finally turned that success into state championships. So hopefully the baseball team can do that this year as well. Yeah, that's right. So uh, let's see. So with uh, working working at Portsmouth, I uh, definitely saw the uh, museum there of the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame. But uh, but yes, in uh, 2018, it uh, moved to the town center area and uh i know that i uh went to the funny bone with a friend of mine and attended a community event with uh who's on first there with the uh, who's being the uva alums that are that are from here and uh playing major league baseball with zim mark reynolds and chris taylor so talk about that event and and other events that the uh hall of fame had yeah, so when when the decision was made to to close the museum um, in 2017, uh, and we we moved here to the we moved our office here to Town Center, Virginia Beach, uh, that that wasn't a decision that was made lightly. Um, you know, we had a lot of history in Portsmouth. Um, the museum, the the large scale museum, was open from 2005 to 2017, and that was a 30,000 square foot facility. It just wasn't feasible anymore to to maintain that building and. And so the board at the time said, well, we can't just let the Hall of Fame go because the Hall of Fame is more than a building. You know, we're a brand. We've been around since 1966, inducted our first class in 1972. We have over 300 inductees. We couldn't just let that go away. So we started to say, well, how can we maybe modernize the way that we engage with our supporters? And, and what do people want? They want to be in the same room as either inductees or topical figures in Virginia sports. So you know, we, we have exhibits that are out, but they are now free and open to the public in, in multiple venues. And, and we can get into where they are in a little bit. But we started creating events around the brand of the Hall of Fame. And you mentioned who's on first. That was the who's, H-O-O-S. That was Mark Reynolds, Ryan Zimmerman, Chris Taylor. We did uh, we did 60 feet, six inches with Michael Kadire and a Major League Baseball player, Al Clark, Gary Lavelle, who's a longtime coach at Greenbrier Christian. Um, we've, we've done an evening with Lefty Drizelle. 
we did an evening with Michael Kadire and David Wright, you know, two Chesapeake guys. And, and those have kind of been here in, in Hampton Roads. Now, as we hopefully get past the pandemic and everything and start looking into, you know, how can we really serve Virginia as the official state hall of fame for the entire Commonwealth? We might start looking at potentially doing some of these events in other areas and highlighting the inductees that are special to those areas the same way we started highlighting the ones that are special here in Hampton Roads. But we saw some great success with these events. People love them. They're very interactive. We get a good MC, somebody who can kind of keep the conversation going. And then we open up questions to the crowd. So if you had a question for Lefty Drizelle, you had that opportunity. You were there at Who's On First. You had the opportunity to ask questions and engage with these people. And, uh, and we've, we've seen some great success with that. And, and now we've kind of done what you're doing now. About two years ago, we started our own digital content platform through a podcast video interview series called Hall Call. And that focuses on our inductees. But we also look into some of the issues in sports in Virginia, such as sports gambling, um, Title IX, you know, how that's been affected over the last 50 years. So there's all sorts of news, news going on in Virginia that we couldn't just be limited to four walls uh, like we were in the building. We're trying to really turn this into something that you can always engage with 365, 24-7. A lot of work still to do. Um, you know, we're, we're still kind of, I don't want to say we're in the rebranding anymore, but we're still growing and we're still kind of figuring out this new platform and really where we want to take it and how we want to manifest it in the future. Right, and then and then also uh, another community event was uh, right before college basketball started. Uh, had uh, Jeff Jones from Old mm -hmm. Dominion, Robert Jones from Norfolk State, and even a couple of uh, local um, local news newspaper uh, sports writers. You know, and um, you know that was at one of the theaters. They're at, uh, they're at Town Center, uh, certainly uh, another community event there for college basketball fans besides the Lefty Drizelle night. Yeah, and, and th those writers you mentioned, they were actually three of our inductees. So we had uh, David Teal, we had uh, Doug Dowdy and Ed Miller. But so David Teal and, and Doug Dowdy are, are both are two of our inductees. So it was great to get their knowledge on covering you know, hoops as, as long as they have. And then Ed Miller cover, covering OU as, as much as he has. And then you have Jeff Jones and Robert Jones in the same room. So there was a great kickoff to college basketball. And we're just always trying to find how can we tap into the emotional connection sports calendar. There's always something going on in the sports calendar. And how can we kind of tap into that connection between the fans and the people that they follow, that they as fans, the teams they follow, or the people that they read? Uh, in the media. And so that, that was another successful event that we had. Right. Yes. And uh, I guess I'm pretty biased with uh, living here in the South side and um, having events around the town center area. But like you said, with it being the Virginia sports hall of fame, I know when things open back up, you know, you definitely want to um, reach out to the whole, whole state of, uh, mm -hmm. Of Virginia, since this, you know, even though it's been in Portsmouth and Virginia Beach, it's it's the um, you know showing off the uh, state uh, athletes there with being the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame. Yeah, and you know, and we and we want to make sure that we're that we're inducting people that represent the entire state. You know, obviously, there's a big population center here in Hampton Roads and up through Richmond. But when you start looking at some of the names that have come from, you know, the coal fields out in Southwest Virginia, like Thomas Jones and Heath Miller, and you head out to the Valley, I mean, Ralph Sampson's from Harrisonburg. So 
Wow. You know, we, we, we have, we have people and inductee uh, coaches, athletes, administrators, people involved in sports all across that, that have done such great things. And we want to make sure that, that they know about the hall of fame and right. that people know how to get involved and nominate these people, because that that's a very big part of, of what we do is once we receive the nominations, they then go into the screening committee, the honors court and all of that process. And we want to make sure that we're not missing anybody. Yes. And the first time I got involved with uh, Virginia Sports Hall of Fame with uh, how you guys reach out to the high school student athletes is in 2018, one of our uh, friends' son, uh, Connor Butler, out of uh, Western Branch and currently a Roanoke College uh, playing baseball. He was he was a finalist there for the um, scholarship uh, that you that you guys give out to uh, student athletes. And uh, I didn't realize that you guys, that the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame reaches out to high school juniors, high school seniors, student athletes, and talk about the state of Virginia. I mean, there were some, there were some people that uh, brought their kids, uh, you know, past Richmond, you know, to uh, come on down because they were a finalist and the speaker that night was Bryant Stith. Yeah, it's it's funny. I think that I think that year we actually had uh, one of the finalists was from Bristol, Virginia. So about as far away in Virginia as you can get from Hampton Roads, and they still made it made it here. Uh, that that's actually one of my favorite initiatives. I mean, we we obviously our mission is to celebrate athletic excellence, and and everybody understands that. But we also love to be involved in the community, and we want to also that we're saying in our lane, we're a sports organization, so we need to honor and recognize the student athletes. So what our student athlete achievement awards do are they, we focus on kids who excel academically, athletically, and, and in their communities. And uh, it's, a, it's an initiative we've been doing for about 15 years now. Um, but the last three years, we've been, offering scholar, we've been offering scholarship awards to the four winners. And, and so it's, it's great because it allows us to, again, Okay, this isn't just uh, here in Hampton Roads. We reach out to every single high school, public and private, and we're looking for top juniors and seniors that hit all of those buttons. And and we're, we're not necessarily looking for, you know, the the all-state performers in sports. We're looking for the most well-rounded individuals. So the only, the only sports uh, requirement is that you have to have lettered in one either VHSL or double uh, event, uh, sanctioned sport. That's it. You don't have to have any... There may be some kids that that are, you know, the all-state performer. You have other kids who are, you know, the the next president of the United States or a next senator or things like that. So we're really trying to find the kids who are making a difference at such a young age. And and when I grew all of the nominations with our with our student athlete uh, selection committee, it's amazing. You know, I, I know that uh, people can find anything to complain about at any time of any day. But when you see the kids that we have in this state that are next generation, uh, I think we're in pretty good hands. And, and it's an event that we'll, we'll actually be sending out our save the dates to all the schools here in the next month. So they know that when the nomination period opens in August, they have from August through the end of October to get their nominations in. 115 nominations across the state, 67 counties were represented in those nominations. And so that's a lot, but I still, I would love to see a nomination from every county. And so, and that's one to get the word out instead, but we've gone from eight to nine five to 150 to the worst. 
Yeah. Yes. And uh, so let's see. Uh, you also have a community event on June 6th there with uh, CHKD and a, and a panel panel where you want to tell the listeners about that event. Yeah. So we, we, um, when I took over in 2019, we had our awards placed already as a community initiative. And, and that, and again, it's been a very good uh, way for us to, to give back because we are a 501c3 nonprofit. So we need to make an impact in the community. But I, want, I also started to look at where is there a need, you know, in the sports world for either education, information or, or stuff. And so I started doing research on sports and mental health. And at around that time, I had started reading, you know, uh, not biographies, but uh, testimonials from Michael Phelps and Love and big name athletes who, who started talking about their struggles with anxiety and depression, just the pressures that come with being a top level athlete. And at that time, you realize that there wasn't a whole lot of resource into it at the professional and college levels. And so you know that if they're not putting the resource uh, towards it at that time, then what's going on at the high school level? What's going on in sports? So that's exactly what we did. We we held a, our first event in, in May of 2019 called Changing the Game, and it was in re event to this idea. And we had 150 people show up to talk about sports and mental health. And at that point, well, I'm not the expert in this, so I'm somebody who is. So we partnered with CHKD. And since March of last year, we've held four events, four discussion forums around different topics in mouth. The first one was in person. Everyone since has been virtual, including the upcoming one in June, which will be virtual just because of when we start planning. But really what we're trying to do now is we're in kind of the education and informing stage where we're putting all these topics out there and we're just trying to get people to listen and to learn about how you can recognize when 12, 13, 14, 15, you know, all the way up through 18 year old might be having, you know, a rough day. It's there, there could be a lot of things that go into it. It's tough being a kid. And then you add on trying to perform on the field or the court at the same time while they're trying to you know a five plus GPA in school. You know, there's a lot of external factors that can go into just your overall mental well being. And we want to make sure that coach teammates, um, are all making sure that we're all working together to foster a healthy mental uh, platform for all of our student athletes. And so these these forums have been wonderful. And uh, an, an inductee of ours, Great Bridge grad, uh, he's been very helpful in, in being on the steering committee and helping us develop these programs. And uh, he actually participated in one of our first events. And, and he's very open about some of the struggles that he faced when he was playing, trying to be the best teammate he could, but that was actually hurting him as an individual. He wanted to be the best player he could, but it wasn't until he realized that, no, he'd be a better teammate and a better player as, as a result of taking care of his own mental fitness. Right. Yes, and uh, so let's see. So with the pandemic, I mean, I know that there was a class identified for – 2020, but I know with those inductees, you want to try to have a in-person banquet and a recognition. So will there be no 2021 class so you guys can have a banquet to recognize the 
2020 class or are you guys going to try to do two classes and and one banquet when everything opens up it's a great question you know we were last year we were six weeks away from inducting the class of 2020 um and it, it was a great class it is a great class still a great class even though it's been inducted formally it's it's a wonderful class uh, it includes david wright lawrence johnson al tune bruce raider uh, dennis carter from who basically is Bruce Raider, but out there. Um, it, it's just a, a great, great class. But so we made the initial decision to postpone and with all the restrictions that were in place, we wanted to do it again. But the we couldn't do anything because at that point, even in April, I think we were still 50. So I met the boarders and I, we had to determine the next step forward. And we looked at the fall of this year. Uh, to, if we, but then we would have to turn around and six months later do it again. And there's a lot of things that go into these events, and there's a lot of moving parts. And we want to make sure that this event, more so than any event we do at the Hall of Fame, we have to do it right. And we don't want to get into a we don't want to get into a scenario where we're throwing things together at the last minute or in a short time frame. We want to make sure that the inductees, their families, their friends, their supporters, anybody who wants to be there can be there. So we did make the decision to postpone the class of 2020 induction to April of 2022. Now, that being said, there's still some conversations going on as to what we do with the current people on the ballot. Now, their time served on the ballot has not, nothing has affected it because of the pandemic. So this year is based it, you don't lose any time on the ballot. But there's also a camp that we don't quite know if we want to go a full another year without at least some vote whether it's a modified vote, whether it's a whole nother class, uh, a double class or something, we, we definitely want to see, you know, what possibilities are there to either add a few people in or a full class. But we still have those conversations going. But April 9th, April 9th of 2022 is when the class of 2020 will formally be recognized. And, and I hope everybody out there, you know, try to come out and celebrate. We're going to have two great events that day, uh, you know, one for the family and one at one in the evening. Uh, a lot more detail. Yeah, we this is the this is the longest we've ever had to be able to market and promote a class going in. So in a, in a way, that's good. <laughs> right. Yes, and I know uh, while I was down here in downtown Portsmouth, I know that Billy Wagner. You know, he came down, signed autographs, and I know when Dre Bly went in in 2017 i mean growing up with him but i know that the class you know has an event of signing autographs for people that can come to that you know instead of instead of the banquet so it's definitely been a great outreach to the to the community uh that whole weekend yeah, and you know, we, we actually call that event now, that's called our Breakfast with Champions. We turn that into a breakfast event. And and the reason for that is we, we recognize that the the ceremony itself and the event, however that is laid out, isn't for everybody. And you probably don't want to bring your six, seven-year-old kid to sit through speeches. So we wanted to make sure that we gave them an event that they could that they could focus on in a family-friendly manner. And so we do this breakfast buffet at the Westin, the morning of the induction ceremony. And then after that, there is a there's an autograph session. And the, the cool thing about the breakfast the last few years is turn this also into a QA session between the audience and just the class, the incoming class. 
And we've learned a lot of things. And it's turned into kind of a, almost a, a comedy routine where first year we did Frank Beamer is sitting right next to Thomas Jones. And Frank, Coach Beamer recruited Thomas. He really wanted Thomas to go to Virginia Tech. Who wouldn't, right? And okay. but Thomas, being from Big Stone Gap, drove through 81, past Blacksburg, all the way to all that time. And, and Coach Beamer asked him, I told him, I can't believe you did that. And then the following year, we had Reuben Brown go in. And one of the questions, uh, Reuben Brown is from Lynchburg, went to EC class, time, uh, longtime offensive lineman in the NFL. And one of the questions from the audience was, you know, what has life been like sharing your name with the best sandwich on the planet, a Reuben? And Reuben yeah. Brown's response was, I hate that sandwich. So <laughs> the Breakfast with Champions is a way you can really start seeing some personality because the induction ceremony, it's a wonderful event, but there's a lot of thank yous and there's a lot of celebrating their achievements on the field. The breakfast is really where you get to see them as, you know, the human side of them. And so I, I recommend both events, but you can, if you want to come to one that's a little bit more family friendly, breakfast. Right. And, uh, Will, thanks again for, for your time. And as we, uh, as we wrap up, uh, other other ways that uh, the listeners can connect with the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame and also uh, the areas around town center of where the where the exhibits are. Yeah, I'll say that the easiest way to connect with us is either through our website vasportshof.com. Or you can check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All handles are at VA Sports HOF. Um, as I mentioned, as Mark just mentioned, here in Town Center, we have our the Hall Tour, which are six free exhibits in the main business lobbies of, uh, of Town Center. So the Clark Nexon building, Moffler, the Weston uh, buildings like that. There's a map and interact and check out there. As the Beach Center begins to open up, patrons, we have there. We also have a golf exhibit up at Kingsmill uh, Resort in Williamsburg. So kind of starting to do that branch out that I was talking about. And again, I'll, I'll mention it one last time. Our profit, we do have a, what we call an insider membership. If you go to our website, basportshof.com, you can check out, see what all the benefits are there. They started just there's a year and that the main perks are allowing you to nominate and eventually vote on the next incoming class. So I think that it's a, it's a way for us to, you know, kind of give back and show our appreciation for the support that we receive. Right. So now they're All called right. insiders, not members anymore, insiders. Right, yes, yeah. And uh, all right, everybody. Well, hey, that was uh, some time with the executive director of the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame, Will, Will Driscoll. And if, the, if there's anyone out there listening, that their son or daughter will be a junior or a senior starting next year. Uh, you know, see your uh, school school office or guidance counselor and have that uh, son or daughter enter in the uh, student athlete uh, scholarship there for the uh, Virginia Sports Hall of Fame. And then also April of 2022, there will be the Hall of Fame class from 2020 officially uh, recognized there with um, everything getting to be back open. So, uh, Will, thanks again for your time. And, uh, well, uh, my wife and I, we certainly certainly enjoyed coming to one of those uh, student-athlete scholarship uh, evenings there in 2018 and uh, certainly enjoyed being uh, following the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame. Thank you for the support, Mark. Appreciate the time tonight.
Sure thing. And uh, all right, everyone. So that's uh, some time there with uh, Will Driscoll. And uh, have a good evening.